This is a CBC Podcast. The government is heading back into talks with Saskatchewan teachers next week. That's after the minister offered more money in a video posted on social media. It's the first time in a long time that the two sides are not in a stalemate at least for now. For more on this and the cabinet ministers who are retiring before the next election, we've reached our political panel. Adam Hunter covers politics for CBC Saskatchewan and Murray Mandrick writes a political column in the Regina Leader Post. Hello, guys. Good Good morning. morning. Adam, what is the latest when it comes to teachers and bargaining? Yeah, this is a far departure from what we've talked about in the last number of weeks where there hasn't been much of an update other than the job action that the teachers have been doing uh, throughout the last uh, couple of months. Uh, Now we had the Teachers kind of call off their job action on Thursday afternoon, which put kids in school for the full day. Uh, as news that the government was going back to the table, the bargaining committee and the teachers will be meeting next week for a couple of days. The Minister of Education insists this is still going to be about salary, says there's other things in there that we can talk about, that there are things coming in the budget. Of course, the government never reveals what's in the budget, so it's kind of tricky to navigate that for the teachers and for us as the media to find out what the goodies may be in there that the government may be offering. But he insists that it's not going to be about uh, complexity, class size, that the government's kind of sticking to that. And that's been the sticking point this whole time, that, at least from the teacher's point of view, we've been told that they want to, they want that in the contract. So uh, this is it seems to be about salary and this kind of comes back to comments made by uh, Minister Cockrell this week that you know teachers are maybe want to get what we got and that teaching and MLA jobs are quite different and then he had a second you know scrum yesterday where he addressed some of those comments and it's complicated as far as the formula goes and I would put people to our website Alex Kwan did a good job of breaking down sort of the different uh, parameters and how much money it's going to work out to given you know CPI increases and what it could be in the ballpark of but um just in the simplest terms, the, t- the teachers are back at the table. The government wants to talk salary and the teachers say that's not going to be enough. So we'll see what happens. You wrote about this today. What do you make of this week's developments? Well, it won't change things until after the budget because by virtue of the video, and we'll get into it in a moment, uh, but by virtue of the video, what, what Minister Cockrell is saying is there can be no movement until after the budget. Uh, he says there will be movement at, at the budget time, which is great, uh, but he said he's not talking about it now at the bargaining table. He's just going to make vague promises in terms of what uh, might happen in the budget, which could be very good because pre-election budget, lots of goodies and you don't really have to be around there to see them come to fruition. So uh, they can pretty much promise anything at this particular point and they probably will promise anything. Uh, I don't think this advances relationships. In fact, quite the opposite. It's almost as if uh, he did the video to provoke teachers, uh, to make this about the whole salary issue, uh, to – it's just weird, Steph. It's – and someone needs to sit down with that guy and say, look, you know, you really do have to work on your presentation and you really do have to work on how the image of the government comes across through you in these videos. Now, I – a fat, old, ugly guy that's a print guy that makes weird facial contortions when he's on air and otherwise. So I'm maybe not the one to lecture. But the smugness in the video, the arrogance in the video is the thing that people are talking about. And it seems to be making teachers more angry and less likely to come to a settlement than if he was offering a, seer, uh, a sincere effort. So is the content and the language because it's all about you may be getting the same raises. We might deem you appropriate to get the same raises as MLAs. Well, you know what, guy? That's a bit of a controversy. I've been following it for a little while. And you know what? People do not like MLAs 
getting the amount of money to do. And guess what? They don't think they deserve it. So your position basically is that we think that you might be entitled to the same thing as our entitlements. And I don't think that that's necessarily the message they want to go into this contract negotiation with or going into the teacher's uh, uh, settlement with in terms of trying to get a decent answer to this. And I think that's hugely problematic for a government. It, it seems to have lost the plot here. It's lost the narrative in terms of how to get out of this in a, a good way. I think they're spending way too time, too much time listening to people who hate teachers and basically say teachers are overpaid and, 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 and entitled and without the least bit of understanding, this is what I wrote about today, with the least bit of understanding that they're pretty much perceived as the most entitled and overpaid people in society right now. And you've got to be a little bit careful about that when you present a video, which, by the way, you're not negotiating through the media, you're negotiating through social media, basically saying that. And I think that's where this whole mess breaks down a bit. The video was also weird, Adam, because it seemed to be chock full of stock images. One had an American flag in it. Murray's written about stocks used in Belgium, I think. What what was going on with yeah, that video? Not Belgium, Saskatchewan. That isn't a small <laughs> town that we've that we've not just learned about. Um, yeah, and the minister was asked about that, and he said, you know, this is due to deadlines. We weren't going to go disrupt a classroom in Regina and shoot a video. I mean, we talked to Donna Harpower this week, and she said one of her proudest achievements is all the schools the Saskatchewan party has built over the last number of years. You could shoot it out the outside of a school. Um, we use stock footage all the time of schools. We have it on hand. The government takes tours of schools, they build schools. So I, I don't necessarily buy that they couldn't have used that. He says our social media team does a good job. We're kind of under the gun. Um, and he you know, admitted this was B-roll we were kind of putting together. The other big criticism, apart from where the videos come from, is that they're not really depicting the reality, reality. of teachers. There's like six kids and two teachers yes. in one. <laughs> and everyone's sitting down and everyone's in like a nice you know, position and everything. Like that. And I think the government, if they were to do a video, they would obviously have a classroom that they could manage, let's be honest. But at the same time, you know, the as Murray says, people are picking this apart and it's sort of another um, uh, bit of ammo for, for teachers and the Teachers Federation. But uh, maybe not everyone's seen this video. Maybe this isn't widely available. It's not like the billboards the government's putting up across the province. So it's a little bit different as far as the scope and how far this message is getting. So um, what do you think is going to come from this then if the main issue, according to the Saskatchewan Teachers Federation, classroom size and the complexity of the classroom doesn't make its way to the bargaining table. Do you think STF will acquiesce again to more money, or do you oh. think this will go to a fight? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, well, they absolutely won't acquiesce. It'll basically be the shortest bargaining session going because they're going to ask the same question that they're been asking, what are you doing for classroom size and complexity? They're not going to get an answer at the bargaining table. And the best answer that they got, and it's a bit of an advancement, is Mr. Cockrell saying, wait till the budget. And that's good. That should have been his only message uh, in, in terms of the video. We could have done without the footage of Belgium. We could have done without the footage of uh, uh, elsewhere. This whole silly nonsense that it's hard doing my job uh, because uh, uh, I'm uh, up against tight deadlines. I wonder what that would be like. But, you know, like, I mean, it would be just absolutely. 
it's also just, a deadline of your own well, making, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Honestly, like I mean, it, it's silly uh, to, at this particular point for them to uh, do this. And once again, I'm not 100 percent sure it isn't more designed to provoke in a, a subtle way than it is to. It, it really is designed to create the narrative: the teachers are bad and we're good, and that's pretty dumb because nobody kind of believes that. You must see your own polling that kind of suggests otherwise. You're not going to sway public opinion uh, that quickly and you're certainly not going to sway it uh, in a a way if you don't acquiesce in terms of doing something on schools. I think that's an excellent point Adam made. They have done good things for schools. You can show pictures of happy kids from Saskatchewan or elsewhere. Who in the hell would know? Uh, You can show pictures of schools that they've opened, which is a reality and is true and maybe something that the government should put out and be proud of and, and, and whatnot. There's questions on, on the builds. But you know, it's certainly a great narrative. It's, it, it certainly fits their narrative that they've done things in education that they're not getting credit for. And I get all that. But they're choosing not to. They're, they're choosing to act in kind of a dumb way. And I think it's sort of a problem in a government that's going on in years, losing good people and getting dumber. Yeah. Speaking of which, we do have uh, veteran politicians set to retire. What can you tell us? Yeah, four high-profile, uh, you know, together announcement of the simultaneously, which was kind of interesting. I, we were figuring as lo- longer it went, it was probably likely that Donna Harpower, Don McMorrison, Dustin Nookin wouldn't be running again because pretty much everyone else has either been nominated or said they aren't going to run again. Gord Wyant was the surprise because he'd already been acclaimed in September, and he said he had a change of heart. And then when we asked him about speculation about being the mayor of Saskatoon, he didn't exactly pour cold water he on it. Not. No, he said, well, not yet, but I'm going to be the minister. Yeah, I'll keep doing the job I have. And yeah. Yeah. And then again, he was like, well, this is very flattering. So I would keep Stay tuned for that announcement down the down the line. Um, as for Donna Harpower, you know, been elected in '99, longest serving cabinet minister, first uh, finance minister for the Saskatchewan Party. That was a woman, uh, and she said, you know, that she didn't expect to be doing this this long, but it was time. And she actually thought about stepping down before the last election, but decided to see it through. Don McMorris, '99, is uh, class of '99 as well. He had a break because of his impaired driving charge. You know, said that was obviously a low point, but he did get back in the cabinet. He said he couldn't commit to four more years. And for Dustin Duncan, he's the youngest of the group, 40, 45 years old, elected at 26. And he said, you know, for his family, young family and his wife, it wasn't fair. It was just too hard, too tough to be keeping up the pace of being a cabinet minister, MLA, running a campaign and also having a young family at home. So all, all very emotional about it. And, um, you know, obviously big shoes to fill for Scott Moe and his, and his party. Do you read anything more into it than just being time for them to retire? Gord Wyant's retirement is interesting in that sense, and I, I'm absolutely sure it's uh, being driven by the announcement. I think he'll have next week, in which he says he'll run for mayor of Saskatoon, and then it becomes a case where he can sit, whether he can sit as an MLA in cabinet while he's doing so. So that might be immediately problematic uh, for them. They're a combined big loss, and uh, there is this argument that that. That at least three of them probably had a best before date. Dustin Duncan seems to have a lot of tread on the tire in terms of what he could still accomplish in politics and otherwise and in some ways might be the biggest loss because he still kind of represents the future of uh, this party that they tend to be losing. Uh, but it, it, it's all about who you can – get to replace you in terms of a situation in politics. It's why governments don't get better uh, sometimes and why they sometimes do get worse is because they are 
replaced by people that are less interested and less qualified, people more interested in the jobs. And after 16 years, 17 years in government, that's the kind of people that the SAS party are in attracting. We don't really need to see much evidence beyond the court logs right now in terms of the problem this government is actually having uh, right now with its backbench and, and, and everything else. There's nobody there right now to step up. I'm not seeing a great deal of talent in terms of the nominations that where I sit back and say, gee, that's cabinet material coming forward uh, that looks interesting uh, to me. Yes, uh, these people weren't perfect. Yes, they all had their little slip-ups. I kind of hope we're not judged by uh, you know our, our worst moments. I'll Always. Uh, but Donna Harpower was a sincere uh, politician who probably had more to do with Scott Moe being premier than any other MLA. Uh, Gord Wyan is a huge loss because she's lost ties to uh, the Liberal Party. We already spoke about uh, uh, Don McMorris and, uh, and, uh, and Dustin Duncan. But m- more interestingly, the three of them are the last ties to the old opposition. And I think you're a little bit closer to public needs and public needs that aren't about lobbying for whatever it is that you want from government but sincere concerns if you are in opposition. Now they have the opposite problem that they had when they got into government 17 years ago when Don Toth was the only member that had served in a previous government. Now they don't have anybody that has served in opposition up to and including Scott Moe. So it's little wonder that they do some of the stupid things that we're seeing in terms of the video, in terms of the messaging that we're seeing from Cockrell and, and the Premier and everything else on the teacher strike because they're just listening to the same voices all the time that seems to want to pump their tires and say what a great job they're doing and not really listening to people say, look, you know what? We have problems out there. After 16 years, they seem tired of that message and are sort of only listening to their own cabal. And I think that's where the problem lies. Thanks, you guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.